What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to just throw this in in the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps our numbers. Check out the merch store at brennantcomedy.com slash merch store to get your ex-drinking buddy merch. And if you really want to, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. That really helps me out. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Grab me a beer and grab him a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he didn't sober up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I am your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the program, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of trouble, and then reminisce about those crazy stories. I am sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do. Hang out with somebody and reminisce about the crazy old days. Most weeks I'll be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. All the way from New York City, Savannah McManamy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What is up? I'm so excited for this. (laughs) This, I am so excited. I can't think of anything better than being sober, but thinking about my horrible drinking decisions. Yeah, absolutely. So this will be very fun. That's why I do it in the morning and afternoon. So then I can get people when when they're at their best. Yeah, it's noon. It's <laughs> noon. <laughs> that never stopped me before, but still. So before we get too far into anything, plug everything up front. I know you've got the Sav and Sal show and all that. To let everyone know where they can find you. Yeah, you guys can find me. I run a show in New York City. It's called the Sav and Sal show. And you can follow me on Instagram at Sav McVenemy. All right, perfect. You run that with... Uh, Sally Pineda. Sally Pineda, friend yes. of the show. Friend of the show. For those of you who are Patreon, she is still a friend of the show. Friend of the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So... Before we get too far into the stories and everything, I wanted to uh, just get to know you because we've been talking about doing this for a while yeah. and then scheduling stuff. So now that you're on, uh, how did, you're not originally from New York, I no. take it? Okay, so how did you get into stand-up? How did you get into New York? But like, how did you get into the doing the show with Sal? Like all that. Like, so how yeah. did you even start stand-up? Yeah, so I started. So I started stand-up during COVID. Okay. But I was doing sketch comedy for four years before that. Okay, so, and that was that in the city? No, that was in New Hampshire at my college. Okay. So I did sketch comedy. Where did you go to college? The University of New Hampshire. Okay, that's yeah. the. I don't know that one. It's uh, normally I throw out the mascot, but I I don't know. It's the wildcat. The wildcat. Yeah. Go cats, baby. Okay. Um, every wow. Day, every day is a great day to be a wildcat. Every every day. Every day. <laughs> Noon on a Friday, it's a great day to be it's, a wildcat. I think it's the best time to be a wildcat. I think wild it's the cat. best time to be a wildcat. So when you started, how did you get into sketch at uh, University of New Hampshire? So I knew that I wanted to do comedy, and I was really into like the Upright Citizens Brigade. Okay. I was really a big SNL fan, big Amy Poehler fan. So this is something I, I'm going to do just because a lot of times with all the guests that I've had on, yeah. obviously it's a common theme, whether they're an actor, a musician, a comic. It's like, oh, I've always been into X. Yeah. How? Why? How were you into... Got it. Okay. Like, how did you even find comedy, whether it be sketch or what was it, SNL? Was it Seinfeld? Was it like, how did you even discover it? Because it is a very niche thing when you think about it. So I first really discovered comedy and really kind of found a love for it through SNL, but also through Parks and Recreation. Okay. So that show was like a very kind of pivotal show for me. Absolutely. For kind of the foundation of comedy for me. So like Parks and Rec and then 30 Rock was on at that time as well. That was a big one for yeah. me too. And kind of getting interested in television and comedy, 30 Rock was, you know, kind of the uh, the gold Because that's about that. SNL, it's a, basically. It's a ba- yeah, exactly. It's basically a show that is kind of parodying what it what it was like to work yeah. on SNL. Alec Baldwin as Lauren is like Exactly, my exactly. And then of course <laughs> Tina Fey yeah. running it all. So yeah. like that was really big for me. But I think Parks and Rec and then I just became, So when are you discovering all this? Are you in high school at the time? Probably middle school. I was gonna say you're much younger middle than Middle so. school. Okay. Yeah. I was probably in middle school when I was really when I really kind of got into like old SNL sketches on YouTube. Okay. And I would just try to watch like they had these like DVDs that were like the best yeah, of yeah. Amy Poehler or yeah. the best of And X they would person. have whoever it was was on exactly. the cover. Like, exactly. I and just remember the Will Ferrell one where he's like. No, exactly. It was very, yes, it was very like 2000s. And, yeah, but yeah. I would like get my hands on those and watch those and just any 
old weird SNL sketch that I could watch or I could find on YouTube. Yeah. I, I watched. So then you get um so you you have that obviously background mm-hmm. kind of watching all that. And yeah. then when you got to the University of New Hampshire, what were you think were you like, oh I want to try this or I, I'm really interested in this or like what'd you major in? I majored in business. So you were completely on the other side. Yeah. It's well, not like you were doing theater and you knew a bunch no. of kids who were doing sketch and you're like, oh let's try it. I really wanted to major in something more like TV production or film or yeah. something like that. Closer to the arts. Yes. Um but that was a that was a big hell no from my <laughs> And it wasn't worth the, it wasn't, it, it just simply wasn't worth um, all the arguments. So, I well, mean, and that's the thing. I, yeah. Because I went to college and I originally, everyone was like, you have to major in business, you have to major in business. And I yeah. took one political science class as yeah. like an elective, like yeah. just kind of to take it. And I was like, oh, I, I like this. Yeah. Like learning about governments and politics. Because yeah. I always say jokingly, but as a child of divorce, we've been playing politics since our parents got divorced. That's very true. Yeah. So I, when I got, when I took a political science class and it was like, oh, well, you, you know, this country can't do that because it's going to upset that country. I was like, oh, this is my childhood. Let's yeah, do this. You can't do that because it's going to upset dad. Yeah. So then I just pivoted to political science. But now, I mean, a lot of comics talk about it. And Max Fine, friend of the show, has a great joke where he goes, a political science degree, you know, you're not going to find a lot of those people as CEOs, but you know where you will find them as cashiers. Like, that's exactly what it like, you yeah. know. So when you get there, you're like, I'm going to do business. It's not worth the argument. Yeah. And then but you still have an affection for production and television and things like that i was majoring in business but i always knew that i was going to do comedy and do something in tv a film that's always been the the goal and the the dream and also what i just was like i'm just gonna keep doing this and i just won't stop trying yeah essentially well that's what it is yeah exactly and so yeah so i had her just like other comics just reading like old like comedian memoirs or whatever just say like i did my college's improv troupe or sketch troupe or whatever and so i just so um, you found the wildcat sketch i found the wild i found sketch out comedy troupe shout out shout out shout out and yeah i did that and i i I that's a great name sketched sketched out Because we are all sketched, sketched the out. fuck out. Yeah, sketched out, baby. Uh, and yeah, I did sketched out for four years and just. Dude, uh, so you started as a freshman, like yeah. right when you got there, you're like, oh, "This is what I, I know I'm doing." Was between two colleges. I was between U UNH and the and another one, and the other college didn't have a comedy group, so I picked UNH. Oh wow! So yeah. you picked the school because so you knew right away. Oh, I was like gonna I love do that. Yeah. yeah, I was like dead set. I was gonna do. I was gonna do comedy. That was gonna be my big thing in college. So and I like this because there's so many people that either started comedy later in life or whatever it is that they, they they're passionate about. They yeah. started later. For obvious reasons. One, they didn't think it was a real career. Two, you know, they just didn't have the meat, whatever it yeah. is. I always love having people on where they're like, oh, no, I knew like yeah. out of the gate. I knew. Like I've had so many people where they're just like, yeah, I started doing stand up at like 16. And then when yeah. I was 18, I could go into the bars and do. And I'm like, hats off to you because I didn't yeah. start till I was 22. And then obviously with my drug addiction and alcoholism, there's intermittent breaks all in between. Sure. So I didn't really hit it, hit it until I was 30. And now yeah. I'm looking around like. One of my best friends is 27 and like this past year has gotten agents and passed at different clubs and managers. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, he's three years. He's now at this point, he's six years younger than me. And I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, I'm so far behind. But you knew out of the gate. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. So when you started doing this sketch, was that something where you're like, oh, I'll do this because that is what the comedy group is. And you always had a heart on stand up. Or were you just thinking like, oh, because you love SNL and Amy Poehler and things like that. You were like, oh, I'll just keep doing sketch. Both. I was really interested. I was always interested in sketch and improv and in stand up. Yeah. I wanted because it's different muscles. That's exactly. why I, asked. I wanted to I wanted to strengthen all of those muscles. Okay. And I thought that that would give me the best chance at having a career in comedy yeah. is if I could be kind of flexible in that way absolutely so that was and also you know i was at i was in you know a small town in new hampshire and they're really stand up the option to do stand up wasn't 
super like yeah. accessible. Well, and I say this all the time with Facebook now, every city has a scene. Yeah. But it's like, to what extent is that scene? Yeah. I mean, I would have, and this, I could have done this, but like I would have had to go like an hour and a half to Boston to yeah. really get like Which a is good a scene. lot, especially when well, you're, exactly. you know, when you don't 19, have a 20, car 20, 20. and you're yeah. 19 <laughs> and you have class at 8 a.m. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, because I had, it's funny you bring up Boston because obviously uh, Joe List, friend of the show, we were talking yeah. about this and he was the same kind of, he knew he wanted to do stand-up so yeah. everyone in his high school was like no you go to college and he's like no i'm gonna just move to boston and do stand-up yeah but it's that it's that exact thing that you're talking about where you're like no i'm just i chose the university of new hampshire because i wanted to do comedy yeah i mean i went there for a business degree but you wanted yeah. to do comedy. i knew i knew whatever college i went to had to have a comedy group that yeah I could join. and so then you are doing the sketch and then you're kind of doing all three improv sketch and then stand up. Yeah. When did you, did you move to, I'm, I mean, I think the obvious answer is look, look at me in the face, but did you move to New York right after college because of comedy? Kind of. So I graduated from college in 2020. Okay. So with COVID, no, I moved here about a year and a few months later in 2021. What month? Uh, April. Okay. Almost twinsies, July. April. Oh, yep. April 2021. Because we were, we were supposed to move me and my ex were supposed to move uh, April 1st, 2020. That's when we were supposed to sign our lease. And then obviously in March, the world ends mm -hmm. as far as in the United States. And fucking brokers are so shady. They were like, just sign the lease electronically. Yeah. This is nothing. Just sign it electronically. Yeah. You'll be fine. And this is on like March 15th. And then Mar we, I was like, we're not signing it until we're in the living room. Because I yeah. heard so many horror stories of people moving to New York. And it was like a flooded basement apartment or something. Yeah. And then... Five days later, we both get a call like, oh, your transfers are off. All the restaurants are closed. Like, you're not going. And so then we moved in 2021. So for you, you graduate in 2020. Yep. And then so did you just go back home for a little while? Or? Yeah, okay. I went back home. But during that time, I started taking I still I still wanted to do comedy in some way. And so I did the only thing that at the time was really an option to do was I did like Online open mics. Oh, really? I I honestly and thought you were going to say a comedy class. That's why I had that I smirk. I did both. I thought I you were going. Both. Okay, yeah. I did both. I did because I, I a lot of people always go. Well, the only thing I knew to do was I Googled it and it was like comedy class. So I started doing that. I started taking stand up classes with Second City. Oh wow, that's like yeah. legit stand up. Yeah, classes. yeah. <laughs> During COVID, and then. But again, there's no there's no place to go and take that fun second yeah. city uh, lessons and put them into practice. Yeah, because everything's closed. Because everything's closed, so you do online open mics. How is that? Oh, there it's the most devastating group of people you've ever seen. Because I've bombed, and the listeners know this. I openly talk about I bomb constantly, especially open mics. We and all the, do. Yeah. yeah. But that's the that's what it's you have for. To. You yeah, have to exactly. get comfortable in the silence and it helps exactly. you. And I think it's a great thing. I do think it could be detrimental in the sense where like if you have a tight five and you're like, oh, I have a show tonight. Let me dust this off for the open mic just so I can remember the beats. Yeah. And it doesn't get any laughs. You can start second guessing yourself. Oh, like, definitely. Wait, I thought this was my tight five and nobody's laughing. And it's like, well, yeah. they've all heard it before, asshole. Like, relax. And they're all comics in yeah. the audience writing their own jokes and yeah. not wanting to well, laugh. Well, the other big like, thing, too, is comics will laugh a lot at twisted stuff. So I always tell people if you get a and, we, you know, as comics, we openly talk about this. If you get a chuckle at an open mic, you're like, oh, that's that's a bit. That's yeah. a real bit. Yeah. If you get like a a knockdown drag out like everyone's going crazy you can't do that at a no, real show no that's a really bad rape joke and yeah you've gone, yeah you've, gotta, <laughs> you have, you've gone too far you've gone too far and you should look into therapy not yeah. comedy that's what that is if you're killing if at you're open killing. mics and not shows oh that's I've a done unique it before type I've of had, um, where bigger comics have been at the mic just because of you know whatever's going yeah. on and so, you know, bigger for uh, like the audience might not know who they are, but we are like love and respect them and they'll be at the mic. And I, I remember one time I started getting one of these bigger comics to laugh. And then I just started Gold. going in, yeah. going in. And then afterwards, I listened to the record because nobody else was really laughing. But I was crushing with this it's one. Con all you need to crush with. Also has oh. the power to be like, hey, do you want to come open? So yeah, I was yeah. like, fuck, yeah. Yeah. And then I went back and listened to the recording and I was like, oh, I can't use any of these jokes. Like, it's all like suicide and like, yeah. you know, like all this addiction stuff. And I was like, oh, none of this will work at a real show. No. <laughs> so no. you're doing now. Tell the listeners, because I don't think I've had anybody on who did o Zoom open mics. Tell yeah. <laughs> like, how is that not to le relive trauma, but how yeah. is that? 
like how are you getting any feedback or like the mics open so you can hear laughter or like oh, like sad. how does it work so sometimes the mics will be open and sometimes it's everybody's told to be on mute so there's no there's no like feedback or whatnot that's the whole point so you're sometimes you're literally playing to to actual dead silence i oh my god i feel like i'm gonna throw up oh that gives me so much anxiety it because it's one thing to play for dead silence in a room yeah because then you go okay this joke just doesn't work or maybe i'm wording it wrong or whatever but to play for dead silence in a situation where like that you just can't like in space no one can hear you scream like you just can't hear oh, anything it's not helpful it's <laughs> not helpful at all but what it, it it was helpful only in the sense of like i was saying my jokes every night yeah so i Timing. got like just like working on that a little bit and just like I, I was so early on, so too, just like getting comfortable with my set and mm-hmm. like memorizing it and feeling like I knew it backwards, frontwards, side to side, all of that. Yeah. It was good for that. And that was about it. Okay. That was about it. You had some, because, you know, these open mics, anybody in the country can do them. Yeah. And not everybody in I the country should be doing comedy. Yeah. Uh, that's the one thing I do love about living in New York is sometimes you'll have a good open mic set for in, for my situation. Like, I'll have a good set, and then yeah. people will come up after, and they'll be like, man, that was really good. And it's like, yeah, why the fuck do you think I moved here? Like, yeah. do you think I moved, like, saved all this money? Yeah. Like, moved here with, like, my girlfriend at the time and, yep. like, went through all these hoops and jumped through all this trouble because oh, yeah. I was, like, not good at con- – like, because that's why was, I'm here. I, it was just, like, a fun little side hobby. Yeah, it's like yeah. everyone who moves here for – I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people who move here for a specific thing were one of the best people or pretty good at that thing wherever they're from. Yeah, and they have a real dedication and love for it. Yeah, exactly, which is why it's a little – and then you get obviously sometimes at Mike's you'll see people who just grew up in New York and they happen to live in New York. And then you go, oh, you can always tell the people who are like from New York versus the people who moved to New York because it is like a different – Kind of thing. Oh yeah, and the comics. I, I'm sorry. I'm talking about as far as far as far as starting out. Yeah, because the comics. Because obviously, there's New York comics New York. like Sam Morell. Oh, are and they're just the best. They're the best yeah. in the world. But they've been. They've, they started here. And they they've started been doing here, it and they grew up in New York. Yeah. So they've seen some shit. Yeah. They have some experience. Meanwhile, I'm coming from New Hampshire, and, and I you're am like, my, oh gosh, uh, guys! I just loved Amy Poehler. Who <laughs> likes maple syrup? And now I'm here. So when you uh, finally moved to New York yeah. in 2021, mm-hmm. uh, take us through it. Did you were you, did you move here? Did you have like a job lined up? Were you like just focused on yeah. comedy? Like how did it work? Oh gosh, I would have loved to have just been focused on comedy. There's some people just, who move here who do I, it. I, they I know. They save up like crazy and then yeah. they get here and then they're like, oh, Fair I'm just enough. Fo-. And I'm like, fucking hats off to you because yeah. I'm working two jobs plus podcasts plus comedy. Like yeah. I don't know. Um, I, so I had a job that I had been working for probably like two months before I started, uh, before I moved here. Yeah. And then, so was it remote obviously with the pandemic? Yeah, it was remote, but it was, it's for a TV network and it was the idea of we're going to go back in person at some point. So like we want to be hiring people that are in New York, which was perfect for me because I was planning on moving to New York regardless. So take us through just quickly that. Or take your time. We have an hour. Um, you graduate the University of New Hampshire with yeah. your degree in business. Yeah. But you still, true to your word, yeah. pivoted immediately into finding a yeah. job in television. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So were you nervous? Were you, did you intern in film or production or TV yeah. or anything? Okay. Yeah. So, so you had some background. I had it. some background. I'd had some internships. I did some. Because that would be terrifying to be like, oh, I've studied business for four years. And it's yeah. like, I'm going to try television. I will say it's business is if you're going to pick if you're going to if you want to go into something creative but are doing a more practical major business is a good one to choose because you can kind of pitch it as everything's a business yeah. so mm-hmm. it is yes it is very transferable skills in yeah. that sense so it wasn't as scary but I just started so I started really 
applying for jobs in New Hampshire, was living with my mom. You know, it was the height of COVID, but I had graduated. And so I was applying for jobs and did that for a few months, really. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then eventually got kind of a lucky break and got my job okay. uh, that I still work at now. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah. And so I've been at that network for about two years now. But so coming when you get to New York, mm-hmm. what was the... When, where did you move to originally when you got here? East Village. Okay. Oh, so Jesus. I got, well, I got really lucky. Hey, talking to a fucking celebrity over here. East Village. I, I got really lucky. My neighbor's Mark Norman. <laughs> See Ari all the time. I. Oh. <laughs> I, we just watched, my girlfriend doesn't watch a lot of stand-up. Yeah. Um, and she's Jewish. So I was like, I know which one you need to watch. Yeah. She. Doesn't laugh out loud very yeah. much, and she was dying. Oh, watching. you have you can't. I, 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 I saw yeah. Ari at the stand, and I was telling, him, I was like, "Dude, huge brownie points for Jew, man. Huge. Yeah. It's fucking phenomenal." <laughs> so, how did how how is it the was COVID? It was COVID. Yeah, and that's true. The rents were the lowest they had been in like fifty years. Yeah, it was just I just. Are you still in the East Village? Yeah. Oh, fucking awesome, yeah. <laughs> dude! And I'm hyped for you. <laughs> And so, yeah, I just, it was, yeah, it was, I knew at the time, weirdly, Fran Lebowitz, who I love. Yeah. um, Pretend it's a city. Pretend it's a city. She went on some morning talk show, like, during COVID, and she was like, if you are a young person and you want to move to New York City, you need to do it now. The rents will never be like this again. Get an apartment now. And I saw that and that was a little bit of a kick in the ass to just like move during COVID and do it and just get an apartment at the That's best so awesome. deal and i and, and so yeah i did because we moved again we moved but the rents when we moved in july the rents were already, already starting going to back tick up. up yeah, yeah already going and we back got up. a good deal because like i told people what we were paying when we first moved here and yeah. then of course when the lease was over and i heard of stories about people their rent getting raised like a thousand two thousand three thousand yeah mine got raised nothing like nothing mine like got that, ra- yeah ours the yeah. very next lease it was up four hundred dollars oh mine wasn't the- oh so you got you were able to kind of stay yeah okay yeah that's awesome yeah so then you're in the east village which mm-hmm. is fucking that's like the dream. It's so, so are you, stupid. Yeah. Are you just going to mics all the time? Because you're working. I'm assuming your schedule is a day job, but it is yes. production. So is it? Yeah. So it's a day job. And then I started working at a comedy club, which is how I which think. Which club? If you, I mean, the Sand. Okay. And so I started waitressing just at Oh, yeah. That is how. Yeah. 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 I always think we met through Sal, but yeah. that is how we met. Yeah. And so I started waitressing. Oh, my at, God. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, I started waitressing at a comedy club, which was, I think, one of the best things I could have done because I met so, I mean, I just so much wasn't open at the time and it was such a, just a weird time in the city and mics weren't as common at this yeah. time because well, it was why COVID. The, and, yeah, and that's yeah. why that group blew up. Yeah. The group that Gio yes. and all of them started yeah. was the indoor-outdoor comedy scene. Exactly, exactly. And, and so you like, had people like fucking Louie and Sam Morell and like these kind of like huge comics like showing up to these outdoor mics because they're like, there just wasn't I need anything. to talk. Yeah, exactly. I, I need to do this. Yeah, so it was like the path, I suppose, for starting comedy wasn't as clear-cut then just mm-hmm. because of COVID. So I started working at this comedy club restaurant, though, which had just started – just just started having like shows again and they were very you know they were smaller shows and whatnot um and then yeah it was the one of the best things i could have done because i met so many comics and was really just kind of thrown in the deep end in that regard but it was really really good for me i think it's one of the best i'd say this all the time the seller is obviously the 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 grand jewel as it were as far as you if you want to be passed anywhere you want to be passed at the cellar that is the club in the world yeah the stand though far and away is a better hang in general if you're not passed it's a better hang because like i'm not passed at the stand but i'm there a lot because it's right around the corner from my work but like at the cellar if you're not a past comic you can't sit at the table and a lot of times because they have four rooms going at various times not a lot of comics like go and just hang out sure it makes sense but it's it, a, yeah extremely you know but at the stand everyone just kind of hangs so yeah. it's one of the best clubs whether you work there like in my case I just go there after work a lot yeah you just meet all these crazy comics and you're like holy shit yeah yeah and I tell people all the time like they're like oh you know I'd moved to New York but I'm you know I 
you know, I pay all my bills doing comedy wherever I am. And like, I'm the big fish, small pond kind of thing. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But like on any given night, I can show up to the stand just to hang out. And all of a sudden I'm having conversations with some of the biggest comics in the world. Yeah. And I'm being treated not like an equal, but I am being treated as a comic. Sure. And yeah. I was like, you can't put a price. I don't care. Give a shit how much I have to pay for rent. Yeah. Beg, borrow and steal. You cannot put a price on that. Well, I also just think if you're seeing, you know, I was seeing some of the best just perform every night and it kind of set a standard in my head yeah, for me. Exactly. For how I should be performing and how I should be behaving yep. too off of the stage. And I, you know, being a server there, I had, there were just so many, so, so many comics who were so kind and so amazing and just really showed me. Who like, were the asshole? No, and there were plenty yeah. of those too. There and are. there were definitely. They, some of them come into the less, restaurant and less I'm like, than you would, you. Less than you would imagine. Yeah. But there were definitely some of those too. Yeah. But yeah, it really showed me just kind of what the like level of performance you need to be giving if yeah. you want to be kind of a, a player in the game. So how did you end up starting the show with Sally? So we started our show. Were you friends with her from before? Did you meet her through Dan at the stand? Or No. So weirdly, Sally and I were in the same Second City Zoom class together. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Small world. Yeah. And we, I was living in New Hampshire. She was living in California. Yep. But we both had plans to move to new york and okay. i think we were like the two in the class that were like we really want to no, like, we're, we're gonna, gonna go. we're gonna yeah. do this like yeah. this isn't for fun yeah and so we i moved here in april 2021 she moved here in may 21 mm -hmm. and we didn't know each i mean we knew each other from the class but yeah. very light acquaintances she, i call it the desert island test sure if you were landed on a desert island and you saw each other would you be like oh i, I know that person exactly so, yeah. exactly and so yeah we um, she just came by the stand one day and then, yeah, we just became fast friends. Somebody that was, we were literally starting off at the exact same yeah. level. Like she went to my first open mic in the city with me. We did like, I think our first actual show we did together. Oh, like, that's awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of stuff like that. And then we just. Real Thelma and Louise. Kinda, yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, and. We just won't drive off a cliff at the end. Yeah. And then, spoiler maybe alert. A spoiler. Sorry. If you've been waiting to watch <laughs> Thelma and Louise. For 50 years. For 50 years and you hadn't seen it. Well, we don't know. I mean, you're still young. Who knows about the cliff thing? So true. Thank you. Um, gotta stay grounded. Gotta stay grounded. I mean, honestly. <laughs> And I hope I'm not. <laughs> I hope I'm not going off the cliff sober at noon on a no, Friday. I hope I have not. at least a little tequila. In I me. think about that all the time because people are always like, "Would you ever drink again?" And I go, I, "I have no plans to do that today." Yeah, but I'm like, I don't. I something don't know. Happens. Who knows? If the podcast studio's in flames, <laughs> I don't know. We're all going down. We'll crack open a do, bottle. Do a little of wine. shot of vodka yeah, on the way out. I mean, so. That's so interesting about the Zoom class because yeah. then you guys become friends and then you end up developing the show together. And it's yeah. a big show. Like you have huge comics on. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you took a little bit of a break, but you do it pretty much every month. If I'm yeah, not we do it pretty. We do it pretty consistently monthly. We'll take like a month off here and there and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty consistent. That's monthly. awesome. Yeah. So let's get into it. Yeah. Obviously, X Drinking Buddy. Now that the listeners kind of know Savannah, let's talk about. So when... When you got here, were mm. you all business or were you like partying or enjoying the kind of nightlife or like when you first got to New York, how yeah. did you how did you take that? It wasn't it was just because of the weird time when I got here, like yeah. there wasn't nightlife. That's true. I didn't even think about that. And so but I but no, I was certainly not all business. I wanted to party and I wanted to have fun and whatnot and experience kind of all of New York. But yeah, at the time, there just wasn't like a ton of opportunity mm -hmm. for that. And then I've I've made up for it. Okay. The, well, let's go back. Let's go back. When when was the first time you started like drinking? Like when you were growing up, was it, were you more sheltered? Were you more partying? Were you popular in high school? Definitely not popular by okay. any means, but I just kind of flew That's under. That's the common answer for comics. Yeah, I just kind of flew under the radar, yeah. I would say more than anything. Um. And then, but no, I didn't drink really. I didn't drink at all in high school. Okay. I didn't really drink much until I was 21. Really? Yeah. This always fascinates me. Yeah. So, and it wasn't like, it wasn't like an, I got to wait until the law says I can yeah, drink. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. It wasn't that at all. I just, I, the first time I drank, I think I was 18. Okay. And it was for like a high school graduation party. And I got so fucking drunk 
and so <coughs> bloody blackout drunk that it really it just kind of ruined it for me. Okay. And I didn't drink again for like a year and a half really after okay. that just because I, I, my anxiety was so bad after and I Yeah, it, it'll just, fuck your day up. And I just I had never I just didn't know. I had only ever seen drinking or in like I, with like young people in like movies and stuff and so you know I just see movies of people ripping shots so yeah. I just ripped <laughs> shots and so I literally remember there was like this girl's this girl's parents at the graduation party had like got us booze and which was cool parents we all see mean girls <laughs> Amy Poehler that's a good callback and, and didn't mean to do yeah it. yeah she, they were cool moms and they like just had shots and they had like a line just of like vodka shots or whatever I just didn't fucking know any better so and you I just did them I ripped six shots oh and my God. I just didn't fucking know and I remember the dad being like okay. <laughs> That was him well, coming because back Well, especially in, if you're yeah. ripping six shots, they think you know what you're doing. Well, exactly. So they're exactly. like, all right, here well, we go. Well, they also weren't really paying attention to yeah. me again. I was kind of like- Sam's been doing this since she was 14. I was kind of a quiet kid. Like, they weren't paying attention. I think Under he, like, the radar. He, like, turned around and turned back, and the shots were gone. And he was like, did you do all of those? And okay. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. And, yeah, so this I- This is why we play the game. And so I got so- Silly drunk. Do you remember? Obviously, you were blacked out, but were you like throwing up at the house? Were oh you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hair being held back. Oh, and, yeah, so so bad. Yeah, throwing up and just like, oh, oh yeah, really. Just and then just like waking up the next day and just like dry heaving oh. and just having. And I didn't even know what dry heaving was really. But you like, were doing I, it. But I was doing it. <laughs> But I was fucking doing it, just driving. And then I had to work the next day as like a busser at a restaurant. And then so I was just remember busting tables or whatever I was doing. And just literally I was like, the ceiling is on the floor. Like I am so my I was still like spinning and just like, yeah. So then you were like, I'm not touching that again. Yeah. And then I just didn't touch it for like I didn't drink at all my freshman year of college. Wow. Which is again, it wasn't like a purposeful thing. I just didn't have the I didn't do a ton well, that's of going a traumatizing out. experience. So this is something I've noticed is that. I've had a few guests on with the same kind of thing where they got so drunk the first time yeah. that they just stopped drinking for a while. Yeah. I think because in my experience, I had such a good time the first time I got like drunk drunk. Yeah. That I and I say this all the time, but and I talk about it in my one man show, but I didn't drink all through high school. I was straight edge yeah. because I was like, I don't want to drink. I see what it does to people around me. Like yep. I don't want nothing to do with it. It's yep. poison, blah, blah, blah. And then when I was 18 or 17, about to be 18, my twin sister was having people over and I drank 99 bananas. And the first time, but that's the thing is it's so sweet that you can't really tell that it's terrible. And I remember that warmth going down into my stomach and I remember my anxiety just kind of like melting away. Yeah. And my depression melting away. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. And me and my twin sister, like I, I was a loner most of my life. So hanging out with my twin sister who was very popular and she had friends over, I was like, oh, I'm one of, because I was a fucking nerd. Like get yeah. the shit kicked out of me, she's bullied. she's got some babes nerd. over. And I was like, oh, I'm yeah. like a part of the group now. Yeah. And I had never been that before. Yeah. And so for me, the first time I drank, it was such a pivotal, like life-changing experience in a good way Yeah. where I immediately, I will I never say I was an alcoholic right away, but I immediately had an affinity for drinking sure. after that. Sure. You went the complete opposite. You were like, yeah. this is fucking disgusting poison. I mean, I had fun for probably 45 minutes. Yeah. And then Which I... Which in the course of a 12-hour night, that's not a lot of time. No. And then I just had such... I didn't know, but I had such bad, like, Sunday scaries the next yeah. day of just, like, what did I say and what did I do? And I was, like... It was just such a swing in the opposite direction God. from who I had, like, yeah. been all throughout high school that it just – I think it honestly scared me how much I kind of let loose yeah. during that 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was just – I was so fucking hungover. I think that that might have – to this day might have been one of the worst hangovers wow. I've ever had. Like, yeah. I was – 
so And your body's not used to it no, at all. No, and you don't know what's going on. Yep. And like people say hangovers suck, but you didn't think you're going to be dry heaving. Yeah. And then, yeah. So, yeah, it was so bad. So um, fast forward a year and a half. Yeah. You don't drink your entire freshman year at the University of New Hampshire. Yeah. Not a big deal. You just, that, it just, it just doesn't it come just, up. I didn't go out a ton. Yeah. I like, yeah. And it just, I just, because of it, I, I just didn't really... I just had a bad experience with alcohol. I mean, so, yeah, it's like anything. Yeah. Like, I mean, so many people have the story where it's like, oh, I got blackout on rum one time and threw up everywhere. So now if exactly. I just smell Captain, I get sick. Yeah. And I drank probably every alcohol under the sun So you were just night. like, yeah, so I'm not. everything I'm just reminded. Yeah. And then. So I, after that year and a half, though, what was the thing where you drank? Do you remember? There wasn't like one particular okay. moment. So I it think. wasn't like a you failed a test or you like no. a boy or something and you were like, God, fuck this, I'm going to drink. I wish that would be so much more cool than just the fact that like. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'll get back into it. Then the fact, <laughs> no, the, the fact that occasionally I drank like. Oh, like um, spiked hard rosé. Yeah, like let's get some. That's what it was. I just I'm like, oh, this is tasty. Yeah, and I drank one of those like a okay week or so or whatever it was. So um, obviously. Uh, we Tarantinoed it. They know the end because you talked about moving to New York and then making up for lost time and everything yeah. like that. So when did you? Because it's a lot. I mean, a lot of times, like, I've noticed in comedy, there are those few comics that, like, get really fucked up. And we've seen them, you know, yeah. around at the stand or at the cellar or whatever. And they get fucking annihilated. But then they go up and they crush. So nobody says anything. Nobody brings it up to them. Sure. It's not a problem. I mean, it could be a problem. But you know what I mean? It's not like a yeah. work thing. But for the most part, comics don't really, especially when I was in Jacksonville in that scene and then obviously in New York, most comics don't like get fucked up all the time. No. Because no. like it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. They're so dedicated to what they're doing. That's yeah. why they moved across the country to be here. Yeah. That they're like, why would I just waste it getting blackout all the time? Yeah. Well, it's also like, you know, if you're doing if you're a more established comic and you have like six shows in a night and it's you're running from yeah. here to there to there to there and then in the morning you're filming something or whatever. Well, even if you're a less established comic, yeah. like in my case, it's one of those things where I wake up and then I have to go to the gym, then I have to do cut clips or there's all sorts of editing yeah. that has to be done and you know that. And, it's, and then it's like, okay, well now I have to either hit a bunch of mics and then go into work or if I'm the opener, I have to get ready for work pretty early and yeah. head in. And then once I get off work, it's like, all right, stand to the cellar and I go hang. So it's like, I have no time. Well, or if you're, you know, if you're just also too, if you're a comic that is a day job, which so many comics do, you got to be in the office at nine. Yeah. So it's like, you got to. Like, do I really want to get fucked up until three in the morning yeah. and then have to go into work? Exactly. Because then exactly. that whole day shot, you're not doing mics when you get off, you're going home and going to bed. Yeah. So you've lost that day of mics or hanging or yeah, podcasting just, or whatever it is. Just like anybody, you don't want to be, you know, hungover to go into work on a fucking yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> Because that's when everyone looks at you weird. Yeah, exactly. So you go, you just start drinking rosé here and there. And then um, when did you start kind of getting, did you ever, you said there wasn't a moment where you got back into drinking, but slowly yeah. over time you just kind of started drinking more and more? Yeah, I think so. And I'm still not, knock on wood, but I'm still not like a crazy huge drinker. Yeah. I know, I know. I was just did it. Um, I'm not like a massive drinker. Um. I definitely, I will say, it's very easy to drink in New York. Okay. It's extremely easy to go out and drink in New York. Yeah. It's very fun. Um, but And I, everyone talks about how expensive the city is, and obviously it's massively expensive, but there are bars that do stupid deals. Yeah. Where yeah. it's like, like happy hours especially are crazy. Yeah. And every place has booze. Like even you'll go to a diner. Yeah. And they'll have like, they don't even have a license for it, but they'll have like liquor, like just yeah. bottles. Yeah. And you could just be like, oh, I'll take like a vodka soda. Yeah. And they charge you like five bucks for it. Yeah. You're like, all right, cool. Let, let it rip. I mean, it's also, there are a lot of good deals and there are a lot of very expensive drinks. Yeah. Just that you don't even realize it's going to be like $24 for How, vodka soda. Or okay. Something. So let the listeners know because yeah. obviously I'm not a drinker, but you working mm -hmm. at the stand, which is a nicer club yeah. as far as a restaurant and now yeah. going out obviously in the city what is probably the worst time where you were drinking having a good time and then you got the bill and you're like what the fuck is this i've probably been to like maybe like two nightclubs in my entire time being here yeah but a nightclub it's the nightclub it's a nightclub that's where you're gonna get it's gonna be like 
like twenty four dollars for like a tequila soda, really, or something like that. Yeah, that's where you're gonna get like really crazy yeah. prices. And so, God, what is that like when you get that bill? Like you're having a good time with your friends and you're dancing, and then you get, are you just like, what the fuck is this? Well, I'm a girly pop, so okay. I often don't pay it. Got but it. <laughs> no, fucking wicked smart, dude. <laughs> New Hampshire, they know how to raise them. I just hand it off to somebody. Okay. No, I don't. I don't. No, I mean, it that makes sense. Luckily, it doesn't that, happen. As not a girly pop, yeah. that has happened to me where I'm I've sure. gotten the bill and I've been like, sure. are you out of your fucking mind? Girly pops have been putting their drinks on your bill. <laughs> That's what you got. You got to find some sucker to put your girly pop drinks that on. That is the one saving grace that I have being sober now um, in New York. Not the one, but a saving grace being sober in New York yeah. is... Like, because my current girlfriend doesn't drink very much. Yeah. And my ex, you know, she would have a couple glasses of wine when we go out to dinner. Sure. And I remember getting those bills being like, God, fucking damn. Like, it's $24 yeah. a glass, three yeah. glasses. It's like, Jesus Christ. But now it's so weird because, like, I go out either by myself or with my uh, new girlfriend, Tracy. And it's so weird because I'll get the bill and it's like $38. Yeah. And, like, we both ate and, like, everything was. And I'm like, oh, yeah, if you don't drink, it's so uh, much more manageable. Drinking is the most, it's the most expensive, like, entertainment side of yeah. New York. Like, it is so expensive. And they'll get you, too. $24 oh, for a absolutely. tequila soda. Or whatever. Or even just, like, $16 for, like, a cocktail at a restaurant or yeah. something. It's still crazy. Yeah, my restaurant, I, I work at a swanky steakhouse downtown, and, like, one of our, like, predominant like house made drink like it's a good it's a very good drink but yeah. it's 33 dollars yeah and people fucking eat it up yeah nom, 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 nom. they're like yeah throw two of them on there and when you're serving yeah fucking throw like, five of two them more? on there two what more? do you yeah. want yeah Let's keep it going yeah so now that you've you said after you moved to new york after the pandemic and stuff you've been making up any any craziness happened since you've gotten back out there i've definitely had i've had some in new york i've had some i did have some at unh in college okay let's I, talk about it you were very sweet to send me a list and then i didn't bring oh, it oh you're me. fine you're fine so no, now i'm a piece of shit yeah well i'm going i'm off i'm out i'm out 30 um, minutes today everybody thank you for listening now no i my so i had in college this was would have been my junior year which is when i was like Drinking here yeah. and there, like nothing like spiked to, rose, spiked rose, baby. A truly, truly, a truly, okay. Gotta love a claw, gotta love a truly. Um, that was something I never it wasn't a Bud Light started doing seltzers right around the time I got sober, like White Claw okay. just became a thing, okay. And I remember thinking, like, the fuck, what the fuck, and I now it love. is the biggest thing, yeah, and it makes so much sense, yeah. Because I used to mix vodka with Gatorade because I would be like, oh, it kind of keeps me hydrated, sure. but then also gets me fucked up. And that's basically what it is like okay. soda water with booze. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's genius. It's just it's carbonated flavored water. Yeah. With a little booze. You don't it's, know what the booze is, by the but, way. Yeah. But it's in there. It's, it says it. Yeah. So we'll so go with alcohol. it. So, <laughs> it it alcohol. It does. It literally just says alcohol. <laughs> so junior year. Yeah. At UNH. Yeah. What happened? So we had a like a kind of like a homecoming. We're all back. It's like the first weekend, like okay. the first like true full weekend back. You've been in classes for the week. This is your the first like going out weekend, if you will. And and are you back home or is this back on campus? No, this is this is okay. in campus. Okay, this is okay, on okay. campus. I'm living in an apartment with like five close friends okay and an on it's an on-campus apartment so okay. it just means that the university owns yeah. it yeah and we throw this party it was a to call it a party is a cute word for it it was very chill it was literally most of my comedy friends and then like from the sketch group yeah from the sketch group and then like maybe like 15 other people drinking truly's playing taylor swift and like i love it i gotta love it and doing like um God, why can I not remember? Beer pong? Beer pong. Thank you. Jesus. I, I didn't know what this was. Then I was like, oh. We're doing this. It. We're doing this. Uh, clearly, I'm not good at beer pong. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. So, it very chill. And we get a knock on the door and it's the cops okay and we and but it's an on-campus apartment so the rules are different yeah like it's not like a regular thing where like a cop would need like a reason to come in the mm -hmm. cops can just they're the campus police they can just come on in yeah so when they, you sign the lease that was a part e of it. exactly so it's all you know 
the cop knocks, everything goes silent. You know, we they pull the speaker cord and everybody shuts what? up. Exactly. And at this point, I am in my bedroom with like 10 of the sketch group kids. Like, yeah. So it's like me and 10 of my comedy friends. And we have just been going to town on like five joints. Okay. Like my room, we have just like hot boxed my room. Not legalized in New Hampshire, I take it. No. <laughs> and so we hear everything's like go silent and we know cops are there. We lock my door. Okay. The cops at this point are clearing everyone out of the apartment and having them line up outside the apartment. And now you've locked your door so all that weed smoke is just mm-hmm. sitting in the room. And we lock the door. We shut off the lights. And then the cop, of course, bangs on the door and is like, open up. I know you're in there. Open up. Open up. And my friends are like, don't open it, Sav. Don't open it. He's bluffing. He's bluffing. He doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't know we're in here, Are Sav. they whispering so that at least... Oh, no, they're probably not so whispering. The it's comedy them. dudes. Yeah. They're screaming. Yeah. They're screaming. They can't hear us, Sav. And the cops are just like, I can hear you. I, <laughs> I can hear you. I know you're in there. I'm not I'm leaving. listening to everything you're this saying. This is going to be a lot harder if I have to bust down this door right now. And so eventually I open the door and it's pitch black in my room and he shines his light in and just a cloud of just smoke of just smoke. Fucking takes over him and he shines his flashlight into my room and you can just see the light the kind of like yeah. the beam kind of cascading with all of this oh my God. fucking smoke. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? So what happens? So he brings like everybody out. He arrests two of my friends. Mm-hmm. Was it the ones being loud? It The dumb comedy boys being loud yeah. that had like five joints in their pocket. Okay, so that's yeah. why they got arrested. Not- yeah, he arrests them. So what is it? So when he first brings people out, is he mm-hmm. searching everybody as they come out? No, he basically, he's like, whose apartment is this? I say it's mine. He's like, okay, you stay. And he's like, who is the weed? And like my... <laughs> Everyone ratted him out. Yeah. Comics well, have no sense of honor. No. Well, they were also- like him. It's him. One of my friends, he had a backpack. And, like, at first, nobody was really fessing up to the weed thing. We're like, we don't know where it came from. Yeah. And then he, like, pulls everybody out. And, like, I'm talking to one of the cops. And this other cop is, like, with, like, ten of my friends just kind of, like, interrogating them. And he goes into my room and he's looking around and he sees a backpack on the floor that's obviously the drug backpack. Yeah. <laughs> that's obviously. It's got a very distinct look. Exactly. It's dirty. It's black. There's, yeah. like, a stripe of red. Yeah. You know? And it's. Cover it has tons. normally a Jan Sport of some kind. It's a Jan Sport. It's yeah, a Jan Sport. It's very saggy. Yeah. It's it's a certain look, and it has you know like a bottle of Tito's, like a handle of Tito's, yeah, and like five joints and just a miniature bog. And the cop Woo. looks at it and he goes, "Whose bag is this?" And then he looks at my friend and he goes, "Who just looks like he would be yeah, the one to have bag. that backpack?" And he goes, "This yours." And my friend goes, do I have to answer that, officer? And he goes, come with me. Come on. And then he arrests And then he just arrests him immediately. Wow. And my other friend was trying to be a tough guy. And he's like, I don't have to tell you anything. And the cop yeah. goes, all right, and arrest him. Then you can come with me, too. And then you can come with me, too, buddy. That, that's happened to me. Yeah. Because in the state of Florida, they have resisting arrest without violence. So it basically is just a thing for cops to do what they like they it's in their jurisdiction yeah. to do whatever they want like their discretion and i remember one time sure that's good that's safe <laughs> i remember one time because i was pre-law so i used yeah. to i used to spout off with the cops all the time oh, of course yeah, yeah yeah that's why i've been arrested eight times so one time this cop she knocks on the door and i open it and she goes we're coming in there and whoever's apartment this is if anyone's underage drinking in there yeah. we're arresting whoever lives in this apartment yeah and i scream like you dumb bitch you you better have a warrant yeah. you don't have a warrant fucking come back when you have a warrant i slam the door in her face yeah and then i just yell and like all sorts of like this dumb fucking bitch thinks she and so not smart because the no doors aren't soundproof yeah, no <laughs> spoiler <laughs> and, alert yeah and then they, she knocked on the door 20 minutes later ripped me out of the apartment slammed me on the ground put her knee in the back of my neck and said who's the bitch now and arrests me but I say all that to say... Honestly, kind of hot of her. Well, yeah. Kind of hot. Super hot. <laughs> yeah. But 
the cops, especially, I, I know this because it's state to state, but in the state of Florida, they can just arrest you. So when people are like, I don't have to tell you shit, like, fuck you, I know my rights, they can still just they can arrest still you. Arrest, yeah. Like, mine ended up getting thrown out because you can't resist arrest, you can't resist arrest without being arrested for something. So the judge got mad when she saw it. She goes, well, what was the original charge? And the lawyer was like resisting arrest. She goes, he can't resist arrest if he's not getting arrested. Yeah. So what's yeah. the original charge? Like the judge got mad. Yeah. But it still ruined my night. Oh, Like I was yeah. still booked and processed. It oh, still comes yeah. up when you like background Absolutely. check me. Yeah. So for this guy to be like, I'm going to be fucking tough guy here. New yep. Hampshire, Northeast, baby. Yeah. They just dragged him away too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what ends up happening to you? So we get basically what ends up happening is we have to go through like we basically have to go through this long procedure with the university. Yeah. They like have to look at all of our records and make well, do they do the whole like uh, jury of your peers? Yes. Because like, yes. as, as the pre-law society, we had to yes. do that a lot. We were the ones who were picked to do exactly. like the there tribunal. Was, there was that. There was also like you had to go to a drug and alcohol were class. Were you terrified of when like when all the dust settles so yeah. a few days later yes you get this letter in the mail saying yes. now you're on probation you're gonna oh, be looked yeah. at are you terrified oh yeah because you're you, you were talking about earlier you oh, did business yeah. to avoid the confrontation with your parents about like being in college so obviously now you're gonna have to deal with your parents in this situation it wasn't even my it was so you know we were drinking trulies and smoking weed yeah like it was Everybody was kind of like, that's nuts. That yeah. you, like, they just were making an example. Now you're, yeah, yeah you're at like, risk of being expelled from the were university. Not upset. They were upset with the school for being okay. like, Fucking why don't nerds. we go down to frat row and see what yeah. those boys are doing? And yeah. maybe we'll, we should focus more on that. Than that these, makes sense. Yeah. Than these comedy nerds smoking joints yeah. and literally drinking Trulies in their own apartment. Like, How did they get called in the first place? Because you guys were just singing Taylor too loud? Um, they got called because there was, so this, since it was a, um, a school owned apartment, like there we had not RAs, but I think they were called like CAs or something. Okay. It was basically just Narcs. like an apartment narc. Yeah. And the apartment narc. Yeah. We, the way ours was set up was mm -hmm. student apartment here, student apartment here. And then the RA would be in the middle. Yeah, exactly. It was something like that. Yeah. And the apartment narc was in our rival comedy troupe. Oh, <laughs> shit, son. And I don't know if that was a coincidence, but I've got things to say about that. Fucking let them know. Fucking improv took us down that wow. day. No, um, and so leave it to the improv kids leave to, it to not the improv fucking kids be original. To make it about them. Yeah. Um, no. It was literally, I think that was just a funny coincidence, but it is funny. That's hilarious. But yeah. it is funny to think that that's how that happened. And no, we were just being loud and they knew there was a party and it was. So what happened with the tribunal? Like when so you get on. It was kind of like. Because obviously it all ended pretty well. But basically what what ended up happening was everyone was OK. We none of us could go abroad because of it, which was probably like the worst part. We were planning on studying abroad. Those got that. Got so they taken just away. revoked your yeah. ability to study yeah. abroad. Yeah. Ooh, that's actually. I mean, I've never left the country, so mm -hmm. I don't know. But that seems like it'd be pretty harsh. That was because that's like one of the coolest things about studying at a bigger university yeah. is it's much cheaper to go abroad. Absolutely, that was probably the most difficult part for me and all my roommates. We yeah. were all planning on going abroad either that next semester, or like during the summer. And, and so they, was that for the rest of your time at UNH? Yeah, yeah. that Ooh. was just like taken away. Yeah, which again, for what we were doing, seems very excessive. Yeah, and me and all my roommates were like nerds. Most of my roommates were like, you know, pre med people. Yeah. Like, just isn't very that the excessive. thing too? Where like you mentioned it, but it's like go to frat row where they're exactly banging people with paddles and like no, sexually assaulting exactly. women. Like, go what the fuck are you doing row here? And where they're like roofing yeah. people left, right, and center. Like, we're not causing any problems that makes me frustrated yeah no it was that and that was kind of the response that most people had um and then yeah but was that the only time you got in trouble at yes. UNH yeah that's the only time I okay. got in trouble but yeah then you had to so you got the study abroad taken away of pay all these fines community you, service I'm assuming I don't think we had community service okay maybe we did maybe we had like an hour or something but we had the alcohol class and you had to go and talk to a therapist okay a student you had to go and talk to like a grad student yeah for like five hours did you take it seriously no yeah i was would? so mad 
I was so I'm fucking ang- pissed already. I was so angry. Not a great day to be a wildcat. That Not day. a great. That was, you know what? That was the worst day to be a wildcat. Worst day to be a wildcat. Worst day to be a wildcat. Um, and we have the title for the show. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, so that was kind of the infamous party, but really brought my roommates who are now lifelong friends and I yeah. really together. Trauma bonding. It wasn't real, real trauma bond. And I remember, you know, I was standing with one of the cops. He was just like asking me questions, whatever. And there was an unopened uh, wine bottle and the cops make you pour everything out yeah. because we weren't 21. So they make you dump all the alcohol. And one of the wine bottles wasn't open yet. And so my friend Taylor, who was a, my roommate at the time, and I didn't know her as well. She just comes. I'm talking to this cop. And she goes, hey, do you have a wine opener? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, top drawer. Yeah, it's and somewhere around here. Dumping. Yeah, just dumping like it's weird when they're it's weird when they're like campus police so i and i've told this before on this podcast but at florida atlantic where i went florida atlantic university go owls oh you the cops on campus are actual boca raton police officers that's ours too okay but they're they're just called campus police. Okay. But they have all of the same powers of a regular. Cop. So okay, because at like the University of Florida, yeah, they're not Gainesville cops on campus. They're literally like the University of Florida police. So then, if anything legit happens, they have to call the real police. That's not yeah. That's okay. how it is. Or it's like the university like security or something. Yeah. Ours were like actually. Okay, cops. so you went through yeah. what I went through, which is like yeah. they're legit cops coming. Oh in. yeah, they got arrested. Yeah, my like friends you, got you, arrested. Yeah, 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 you didn't get like arrested and taken to like a holding cell on camp. Like you got arrested. No, arrested. you got arrested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it was weird. I remember one time we were having a house party um, when I played football, and all the the cops and it was a big, you know, a lot of people come to the football mm. player party, so it was a big party. And I remember the cops showed up, and this is back when I still was like upright citizen like i was yeah. playing football and yeah. like my alcoholism and drug addiction didn't really take control until after i stopped playing football okay. so at the time i'm still like a, a pretty good straight edge guy but yeah. i was just drinking with my friends at this party and i remember the cops showed up and like the older like the senior football players who didn't even live in the apartment they're like everyone out of here and everyone's like scattering and they just sat on the couch i was like well i want to be fucking cool yeah so i'm gonna sit on the couch with them yeah tough guy and they were, yeah, I tried to be tough, tough guy. guy. And they were like, do you guys live here? And one of them, I'll never forget, turns to him and goes, no, but these are our friends. This is our party. And they were over 21 because they were seniors. They yeah. go, we're over 21. We have a right to be here. And I remember thinking like, oh, oh this not is so tough. This not is so tough. And I got, and then I remember he was like, do you live here? And I was like, no, I didn't say the whole thing. I just yeah. went, no. And he goes, get the fuck out. And I was like, okay, bye. Okay, bye. Not tough, not tough. And then fast forward two years, I'm screaming at cops and slamming doors and faces. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So once you graduate from the University of New Hampshire, are you, because that's obviously during COVID and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. So what was your COVID like as far as drinking and weed and all that kind of, were you d- not doing any? I've had people on where they were their best self during COVID. Yeah. And then I have friends who unfortunately died because they relapsed during COVID and, you know, they got they had unemployment. They were just sitting around their yeah. house. So they're like, oh, I'll have a couple of drinks. And then, you know, one thing leads to another. So obviously those are two extremes. So for you, where were you at in the because you're graduating from college, yeah. but you're still kind of you're at home. You don't really know what's going on. Where were you in the spectrum of like partying during COVID? I really didn't too okay. much. So you I were s- a you were a best self kind of person. I certainly wasn't a best self type of person, <laughs> but I wasn't doing like a ton of drinking i did a i would like drink wine with my mom and watch the bachelor that's awesome like to be underrated drinking with your parents and like just hanging out yeah yeah obviously some people have bad experiences with that but i'm just saying it's yeah it is an underrated like hang yeah and then especially when they start talking to you like you're an adult i know you're just shooting the shit kind of had that shift yeah yeah they're like hey what's going on like Oh, like I know in, in my experience before I got sober, it was one of those things where I'd be drinking and I'd be talking to my dad and he'd be like, so like, what's are you like? Tell me the truth. Like, do you plan on like marrying this person or like what? whether it's the relationship I'm in or something like that? Yeah. And just having like real world conversations yeah. and you're like, oh, this is someone who I share DNA with who's gone through the same things. And now yeah. they're talking to me like an adult underrated. It is underrated. It really is. So you're just hanging out with your mom, watching The Bachelor, being like yeah. that ugly son of a bitch. Yeah. And just hearing my mom's thoughts on The Bachelorettes, which is a, a fun time. <laughs> and then smoked was like some weed here and there. What did you start like, smoking weed? 
I started smoking weed when I was like 20. Okay. Yeah. I started so that was another college thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I started smoking weed when I was 20 and never got like crazy, crazy, crazy like into it. But if you I had def- to pick weed or booze, which would you That's pick? That's hard. Booze, but I feel like I would regret that answer yeah. in like five years. It's interesting. You Just you saying it's hard. It's interesting to me because- I remember in college, my first roommate, he was the very first person I ever moved in with in college. Sean Michael Murphy. Shout out. So one of my good friends. Shout out, Sean. Uh, He was the weed guy. Yeah. And I was the drinker. Yeah. Because, again, like the experience I had, I loved drinking so much after that. And it it was so perfect because people would come over. It didn't matter what you wanted to do. If you wanted to smoke a little weed, you wanted to drink a little bit. I always had booze. He always had weed. And it was like this perfect symbiotic relationship where we always and we would never step on each other's stash because I hated smoking and he didn't really like drinking. So it was like this perfect thing. So for me, the answer is I like it'd be like, oh, booze, 100 percent. But for you, you're kind of like in between. I like weed more for like a more day to day. It's I never smoke during the day, but like at night. Yeah. Like a more like night. I've worked a long day. I smoke a little weed. I watch some TV or whatnot. Okay, yeah. I like that more. Um, I don't mind smoking some weed here and there when I go out, but booze more just drives the party. Each booze. Oh, booze yeah. drives the party. That's the thing is like weed. You. you I find that fascinating because it's true. It's like weed is more of the kind of recreational, like, you know, you can do it. You don't have to do it. Like, it doesn't really matter. But booze is the thing where it's like, oh, no, this is like if we're doing this, we're having a good time. Yeah, exactly. That could later turn into a horrible time. A horrible time. It's a good time time for right now. So quickly. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. So then when you get after COVID Mm -hmm. and then you get to New York, have you had you haven't gotten in any trouble since the UNH thing, have you? No. Okay. No. So what's the what's probably in the last two years since you've been in New York? Have you had any like what's the craziest? Not even craziest. Like what's the probably the the most memorable night out you've had? It's obviously not the <laughs> nightclub nights, right? No, I, I've literally been to I think like one or two nightclubs. But um, did you do you do anything for New Year's in the city? I I always mean to ask this. Yeah, to that's a great question. I yeah, I did. I went to this like my boyfriend. And I went to this like. Very kind of like Brooklyn-y, yeah. I know, hipstery kind of like house music ravey. Ooh. Rave is maybe the right, I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah, it was very cool. Like a lot of... That was very good. Thank you. You killed that. Man of many towns. That was very good. Yeah, that and like a lot of like strobe lights and just like a purple light here and there and just like every. You did that for New Year's. You did that for New Year's. What was the countdown like? Oh, I don't think we got to this place until <laughs> 2 a.m. Oh, yeah. No, I the countdown. I think we did the countdown at like we did the countdown in, like a friend's apartment. And that okay. was very like wholesome and cute. Yeah. And then we went kiss at midnight. And then you're exactly. like, exactly. Who's and got then, the X? Let's go party. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's it's interesting because uh, my first year here when Savannah and I were still living, my ex Savannah, we're yep. still living together. Um, I was just like, we live together. <laughs> <laughs> but we lived in Midtown yeah. and we were only a few blocks away from like all that. So like we were on 52nd and 2nd. So oh, okay. it was like, oh, you know, okay. you're only like 10 blocks from like Times Square and like all yeah, that yeah. kind of crazy shit. So I remember my first New Year's here work called and they're like, hey, we're really slow this time of year. You worked all the other holidays. Do you want to have New Year's Eve off? And yeah. I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. And I remember I, we wa- I watched the ball drop at home because she was working. And then I walked to Times Square after everything kind of started oh, cool. to dissipate. Yeah. And I remember being like, this is insane. Yeah. Like, there's so many people. But it was also interesting to me because I was like, oh, this isn't what people who live in New York do. No. So it's always interesting to figure out what people go and do. Yeah. So you went to a rave. Went to a rave. <laughs> hell yeah. A lot of that. I wanted to ask... Um, because you do a lot of stuff with Hannah now. Yeah. So how did you end up getting into that? So I... Hannah Burner, for those of you listening, good friend of ours. Yeah. Hilarious comic. Amazing. Has the Giggly Squad podcast, which is huge. Incredible. And um, she does the Hannah on the Street thing, which yeah. has done so much for my career. Yeah. It's just as far as like people, like when I 
I remember the second time she put one up, I came into the studio yeah. and the owner of the studio was like, hey, I saw you on Hannah's thing. I know, I yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I've only been doing comedy for 12 years, but fuck me, right? No, uh, I... But it is awesome, obviously, for what it's done for a lot of us. How did you get linked up with her? So we literally met when I was waitressing at the stand and she was doing shows there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know her from anything else before. I didn't, like, I didn't know she was... Summer House and Bravo and all uh, that. Yeah, I didn't know about any... I didn't... I remember the first time that I met her... She was sitting at a table waiting for her turn to go up, and I just thought she was an audience member. Oh, really? And so I just went up to her. I didn't even know she was a comic and just went up to her and took her order, and she ordered a pizza and a Diet Coke, I think. And then we just became, you know, we just immediately clicked, and yeah. I would get in trouble there for talking to Hannah too much. <laughs> we, I would be supposed to be, like, serving people, and Hannah and I would be in the corner just like, Yeah, just chit-chatting. Did you see this? They did that. Oh my god! 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 Yeah, and so yeah, that's how Hannah and I. Savannah, table thirty-seven. No, literally, like literally, my boss like coming up to us and being like, "Hannah, you're amazing." Savannah, get to work. Yeah, which fair enough, but um, yeah, fair enough. Um, and yeah, so that's how that's how Hannah and I met, and then I got a text from her last summer, and she was like, "I have this idea for this kind of like." on the street TikTok thing I and I needed a producer and I thought of you would oh, that's you awesome. would you want to produce it and it was like it was such a kind of great moment for me to like get like a little it wasn't the best time for me last summer and so getting that kind of bone thrown was like so exciting that's and, what I mean and that's the thing and that's also happenstance how I met Hannah too was I was at the stand one night talking to Dan when he was behind the bar and it was one of those things where she was sitting here and then two seats down I was sitting and we were both kind of talking to Dan and then it turned into us talking to each other and then you know obviously she was a division one athlete I was a division one athlete we just kind of hit it off and we were talking about all that kind of stuff and this is the thing we were talking about earlier and we'll kind of wrap with this idea but it's this idea that there are some comics that are huge Mm -hmm huge whether that's through podcasting or stand-up or whatever and they're so like down to earth and just nice people is so refreshing because there are people who are dicks yeah oh yeah and when you run into those people it can really leave a sour taste in your mouth for the business side of things and especially from for us like getting into stand-up and then moving to new york to keep pursuing it yeah we're you know on not the lowest level but we are a much lower level than some of these people that we hang out with 100 percent, yeah and for some of them like you said to just throw you a bone and be like, hey you want to help me with this it's like yeah oh yeah there is like i can i can do this yeah and back when you know when i was talking earlier a little bit about those comics that kind of showed me from working at the stands like how you should behave and yeah. like what is like how to just be a good person doing this hannah has been like a huge role model for me that's in awesome that regard she because she's just the coolest off camera as she is on camera yeah and she's also <clears throat> Like it blows people's mind because she'll DM us to be like, hey, we're doing this tonight, yeah. seven o'clock, be there. Yeah. And it blows people's mind because she's a huge deal. And yeah. like I'll have people like like my girlfriend, her friends obviously know who she is and love yeah. her and stuff. And so it's weird because I'll like like I'll screenshot the text and I'll be like, hey, babe, like I can't come until later tonight. Hannah texted me. I have to yeah. do this. And then she'll like show her friends and yeah. her friends are like, oh. God, and I I'm know. like, this is just my friend, though. Like, it's just it's, bananas. It's really cool because Hannah also like tapped into like a group of people that comedy hadn't really been serving, mm-hmm. and I think that's also why she's doing so well. Is yeah. she kind of tapped into this niche and just crushes it with yeah. her audience, which I think is so inspiring and so yeah. cool. And I mean, you you help with that. Oh, thank, that's very kind. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Plug everything one more time. The Sav and Sal show, your Instagram. Let everybody know where they can find you. Yes, yeah, so you come to the Sav and Sal show. We have our next show July 15th. It's going to be in Brooklyn. Um, you can find us at the Sav and Sal show on Instagram. And then you can also follow me at Sav McMenemy on Instagram. Perfect. Thank you so much for Thank coming. Thank you this so was much. A blast. This was so much fun. I, I loved it. Time. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening at Brennan T Comedy on all social media, BrennanTComedy.com. Check out the one man show, patreon.com slash Brennan Tassif, and we'll talk to y'all next week. <laughs>